0: Let us
1: worship God and sing to his praise in the Metrical Psalm number 138, the verses mark 1 to 6 to God's praise. Thee will I praise with all my heart. I will sing praise to thee before the gods and worship will towards thy sanctuary. Verses 1 to 6 of the Metrical Psalm number 138. Thee will I praise with all my heart. Let us draw near to God in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and ever blessed Lord, we thank you this day that this is the day which you have made, and it will joy triumphantly, for it reminds us again of the glorious triumph and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who now lives in the power of an endless life. We thank you, Lord, that we have access into thy very presence this day through him, not because of anything that we are or have ourselves, but solely on the merits of your beloved Son, who came in the fullness of time and identified with us, taking bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, becoming like us in every respect apart from sin. We thank you, Lord, for his condescension, that he who enjoyed full communion with you, the Father and the Holy Spirit, within the blessed Trinity and at no need outside of it, and yet, Lord, he deigned to come down to where we were, to becoming our Saviour, taking our nature and taking upon himself the very form of man, and humbling himself as a servant, even unto the death of the cross, where he endured in our place the condemnation that we deserved, the punishment and forsakenness which our sins merited, the pains of hell took cold on me, he grief and trouble found, and in that forsakenness he experienced. All that we were deserving of, and yet He loved us, and having loved us so well in the world, he loved them to the very end. He died in our place and bore our sin and paid our debt. And we thank you now that He has risen alive forevermore to intercede for us, and because he lives, your people will live also. Nothing and no one will snatch them from your hand. We thank you, Lord, that this day that his intercession for us, that he continues to intercede, that he wants, and this is his will and this is what's going to happen, that those whom you have given, the Father has given him, will behold your glory, will see you face to face, will there forever worship you and serve you, in the endless ages of eternity beggars like yourselves broken specimens of humanity ruined by the fall and by spoiled by sin and yet Lord you raise the beggars from the dunghill and set them among your princes for that we thank you this day and worship you for all that you have done and are doing and yet to do for your own and when we think of the cost of our redemption that we were not bought with corruptible things such as silver and gold but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ your beloved son Lord we marvel at your goodness to us your mercy towards us your great patience with us and that eternal love with you loved us, with that love which will no, no, has knows no beginning, will never change and never end. In the light of our indebtedness, we come to acknowledge our waywardness and stubbornness and sinfulness, how often we fall short and fall short of the standard and example that Jesus has left us. So often, at times, our thinking is worldly, our motives are suspect, and Lord, our thoughts are not Christ glorifying. Our actions, at times, are unchristlike. The words that we speak do not speak well of the Saviour whom we profess. We seek your forgiveness for all these. And ask you, Lord, that in your great mercy that you would cleanse us deep within and with David, pray, may cleanse from sin and truly wash, molding us inwardly and outwardly into the image of him who loved us and gave himself for us. We ask you, Lord, that you yourself who has begun that good work and has promised to continue it and to complete it in the day of Christ Jesus, that wonderful day when your people will be forever in your presence, where they see you as you are, and where they marvel at the wonder of the amazing love of God, the mercy that has reached down to us, and the grace that began a good work and continues it and completes it on that final day. Lord, we thank you for such a hope so great and so divine. Help us then, Lord, to move forward, ever looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and are seated now at the right hand of the majesty on high, where he is this day until he comes again, the second time, in power and great glory, to divide the sheep from the goats and to welcome forever his own to be with himself, to enter into the joy of the Lord. We pray, Lord, this day for the preaching of your word, everywhere where the gospel is proclaimed and all the means that are used for its proclamation. We pray that that word which you have promised will not return to you void, will be winged home with such authority and power by your Spirit, that we and all who hear that word this day would hear the voice of the Son of God and would, Lord, hear and be shaped by it, molded through it and direct it in our lives through that word which you have left us. We pray for your missionary servants who have gone to other lands in obedience to the call you have laid upon them. Bless them in their work, Lord, and we thank you that you have promised that there be men and women and boys and girls from every kindred and tribe and tongue, among the redeemed of Christ. And to this end you have set your folk, and are sending your missionary servants to the ends of the earth, so that they whom you are calling will hear the gospel, will be saved and drawn by yourself, and will come to know you whom to know as life everlasting. We remember those who are persecuted this day because of their faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Those, Lord, this day who are suffering many, who are suffering because they belong to you. We commit them, Lord, and ask you, as only you can, withdraw near to them and encourage them and strengthen them. Lord, we are ashamed of. How little, uh, Lord, we experience of these things and how often we forget these brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ who are faithful, some even unto death. So, Lord, bless your suffering people. We pray for the nations of the world where there's war and we ask you that peace may come, especially do we pray for Ukraine and ask you that you would restrain the hand of the oppressor, that you, Lord, would move to change his heart, and, Lord, that peace may come. We ask you that you would remember our own nation at this time, remember the king and pray for him and his household, that you would direct him in all his duties, that you would enable him in all that he is called to do to be faithful, and that he would find his trust in you alone. Remember those in authority over us, that you would direct them, Lord, and to lead us in your ways and make them ever conscious that they, like ourselves, would one day have to give account, they of their delegated authority, to stand before you, to lead us so that those laws which are enacted may be God glorifying and beneficial to young and old throughout our land. We remember this day those who are not able to come to a place of worship, the elderly and those who are infirm and those who care for them. We remember those who mourn, that you would tenderly upine the broken in heart, that your peace, Lord, may be known, even though they are overshadowed with the clouds of sorrow and death. My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. We ask your blessing then upon us all. You know each one and each need here this day. To whom else can we go but to yourself alone, who has the words of eternal life. Bless this congregation of your people, we pray, Lord, for the man's family and commit the minister and all connected with that fa- the family to your care and love. We ask you, Lord, that you yourself would come into our very midst from we need you and that your direction would be upon our individual and corporate lives. Take from us now everything that is unworthy anything that would grieve your spirit and stand among us in all your risen power, making this hour of worship and hallowed hour a time when your word would speak to our hearts, our minds would be enlightened by it and our hearts warmed through it and our lives, Lord, directed by that truth Accept of our thanks for thy goodness and hear all the spoken and unspoken prayers of our hearts. For we ask it all in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, your beloved Son, who came that we might have life and have it in all its fullness. In his name we ask it. Amen. The book, The Miracle in the Mine was written by a Christian from Chile. One of the trapped miners, Chilean miners, the story begins on the 5th of August 210. The miners entered the mine. For work as usual, but about two o'clock in the afternoon they heard a powerful thundering of rocks. Tons of rocks came crashing down, completely blocking the mine's entrance. The miners knew that they were trapped and there was no way in which they could clear these rocks. The miners knew that there was nothing that they could do to, to save themselves, absolutely nothing. They were trapped more than 700 metres underground. And if they were to be rescued and saved, somebody else had to come and save them. And that is exactly what happened. The Chilean government deployed at huge expense three large international drilling teams and the expertise of the United States NASA Space Agency. Using massive cranes and huge drills, they began to dig, and inside an iron sheath, they lowered the capsule, Phoenix Two right down the shaft until finally the capsule was lowered into the mine right where the miners were trapped. Here was the only way these miners could be saved. The capsule came right into the dark mine where these miners were and all they had to do was to step into that capsule and those rescue workers hauled them up to safety. No wonder some of these miners knelt on the ground in prayer to give thanks to God and to display on their so-called Jesus shirts the great things that God had done for them that capsule came right into the dark mine where these miners were and all they had to do was to step into that capsule and then they were brought up safely. When I read that wonderful story of the Chilean miners I could not but think of a greater rescue of us sinners. We because of the fall of Adam And sin in the Garden of Eden became sinners, trapped in the kingdom of sin and darkness. And there was nothing that we could do to save ourselves and to be brought into the light and into the family of God. Absolutely nothing. And yet, God in his great love and at great cost put his plan into action. He gave his son Jesus on the cross in our place to make certain the rescue and the salvation of sinners just as these miners had to step into the capsule in order to be rescued so sinners like us have to come to trust and to rest alone upon Jesus Christ to be saved and we will be taken out of darkness and into the kingdom of of Jesus Christ, a real rescue indeed. What would you think of a miner who said, I will not go into that capsule? What do you think would happen to him? He would die in the darkness of that mine, for there was only one way in which you could be saved. God's capsule, if you like, the Lord Jesus Christ, came right to where we were, But we have to come to trust in him and step into Christ, believe in him and rest upon him alone for our salvation to bring us into into the safety of his kingdom from the kingdom of darkness into the light and into this glorious family. Why not today If you haven't trusted in the Lord, in that Saviour, why don't you do so right now? The hymn writer said, I came to Jesus as I was, weary and worn and sad. I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad. That's what he can do for you as well, young, middle-aged and old. We we'll sing out of the praise of God in the Metrical Psalm number eighty six, the verses nine to thirteen of the Metrical Psalm number
0: eighty-six.
1: All nations whom thou made shall come and worship reverently before thy face and they, O Lord, thy name shall glorify. The Metrical Psalm number eighty-six <clears> the <throat> verse nine. Our scripture reading is taken from the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 41, reading from verse 8 down to verse 20. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its furthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant, I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Fear not, you warm Jacob, you men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make of you a threshing sledge, new sharp and coming teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and crush them, and you shall make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the tempest shall scatter them, and you shall rejoice in the Lord. In the Holy One of Israel you shall glory. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them, I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers from the bare heights, and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water, and the dry land springs of water. I will put in the wilderness the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle and the olive, and I will set in the desert the cypress, the plain and the pine together, that they may see and know, may consider and understand together, that the hand of the Lord has done this, the Holy One of Israel has created it. Amen and may the Lord bless unto us the reading of his word. Let us again sing to his praise in the Metrical Psalm number twenty seven. The Metrical Psalm number twenty seven, the verses four to six, five stanzas. One thing I of the Lord desired and would seek to obtain that all days of my life I may within God's house remain. The Metrical Psalm number twenty seven, four to six. One thing I of the Lord desired. Let us turn now to verses which we find in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. Jabez was more honourable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me, and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that I might not bring pain and God granted what he asked Now the theme of the book of Chronicles is the faithfulness of God to his word The Lord does not renege on his promises He gives his people exactly what he has promised, and he is with them always. Now the history in the book of Chronicles is highly selective, and Ezra, whom we assume was the writer, singled out events which were important to those for whom this work was intended. Ezra therefore wrote this book to assure the people of God of his faithfulness, and that the way in which God's people could enjoy his blessing was to continue in obedience to him and to serve him. Now the first nine chapters of First Chronicles is a seeming endless chronological record. A long list of very unfamiliar names, the genealogy from Adam to Abram, Abram to Jacob uh, to Jacob, and then down to the genealogy of King Saul. It was ab- about, there are about five hundred names, and suddenly here in chapter four, the narrative is interrupted to make mention of this man, Jabez. He was of the tribe of Judah. His name Jabez was given to him by his mother, which means pain or sorrowful. Because I bore him in pain, she said. Jabez's delivery was particularly difficult, and the sorrow refers to the unusual pains of travail in childbirth. Then we are told that Jabez was more honorable than his brother. The word translated here honorable to be heavy or weight. The word is used here figuratively of a person's reputation. He was a man of integrity whose word could be trusted. Now Jabez's prayer consists of two sentences. In fact, you can read it in about 15 seconds. This short prayer, but this very wonderful prayer. And he... God uh, uh, blessed this man and his prayer consists in two sentences and out of the millions of unrecorded prayers that have been offered from the beginning of time, God caused this record of this prayer to be recorded in his holy word for our learning and for our great encouragement. So we we'll read that Jabez called upon the God of Israel, the God who had delivered His people from Pharaoh's bondage and promised to bring them into the land of Cana and that is exactly what He did. The God of of His, the God of promise, the covenant God of Israel, who promised, "I will be your God, and you will be My people." The God who is faithful to His promise and Almighty to fulfil them. The God who in grace has committed himself to his people, he is the God of Israel. So Jab- Jabez' reliance was on the one true God, the Almighty One fully committed to his people, whose word is true, whose promises are faithful and can be ri- relied upon at all times and in all circumstances. So Jabez comes then with this petition, looking alone to God for himself, was in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. There are four parts to this short prayer. He prayed for God's blessing, and then secondly, he prayed for God's enlargement. Then he prayed for God's enabling, and then he prayed for God's protection from evil. First of all he prayed to be blessed, oh he said that you would bless me indeed. Jabez's eye was upon God alone, his hope was in God alone, and his heart was focused upon God's blessing alone, oh that you would bless me indeed, the depth of desire in the heart of this man. Unreality in religion, wrote J.I. Parker, is an accursed thing. Maybe at this time Jabez was going through a particularly difficult experience. Maybe he was weighed down by the sorrows of the past, or the dreariness and ordinariness of the present. He longed for reality, real purpose, for true blessing, and he felt his urgent need of it. But he knew too that that deep need could only be met by one, the God of Israel. So he called, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Like the psalmist in Psalm 84, my thirsty soul, long vehemently and face your courts to see. My very heart and flesh cry out, oh, living God, for thee. There is nothing here half-hearted, nothing here that is merely routine. It was from the deepest longing of his soul, from the deepest desire of his heart. Is that truly the deepest longing of our own hearts this morning? O God of Israel, that you would bless me indeed. What does it mean when he asks God to bless him. What does bless mean? It is that blessing of which the book of Proverbs speaks, the blessing of the Lord which makes rich and brings no sorrow with it. Read in Luke 24, when Jesus led them as far as Bethany, he lifted his hands and blessed them. Now one of the commentators says that the act of blessing is more than mere well-wishing, it is an e- effective impartation of welfare, of peace and power. Now just think of what Jabez is asking for, the impartation of welfare, of peace and of power. Jabez therefore was seeking God's blessing as the ultimate value in life, which means that we fall in line with what God is seeking to do in us, through us and around us for his glory. God's blessing is the assurance of his favour and of his concern for the well-being of his people, (coughs) divine concern and favour. Having us face the favour of God, Having the reality of the coming of communion with God and a close fellowship with Him, despite our outward circumstances. Notice when we truly, with desire and longing, desire to have the blessing of God, we must align ourselves with His purpose for us and His will for us. In the New Testament, the word "blessed" is used. I understand for 47 times so, the commentators tell us, in relation to man's spiritual condition. And the one blessed is marked by obedience to God's word. Blessed are those who hunger, said Jesus, and thirst after righteousness. They are marked by faith, those who have faith in God's word. Blessed are those who have not sinned, said Jesus. And have believed. God's blessing then is something that blesses us truly, invigorates us, empowers us. His blessing is what makes rich and brings no sorrow. Now, according to Romans 8, the eternal purpose that God has for His people. The true first, where they are truly blessed, is to be conformed to the image of a son, in other words, to become more and more like Jesus Christ. For Paul says uh, that to that end, God will work all things together for good to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. All God's ordering of circumstances. Paul tells us is designed for that, that the fulfilment of that purpose. All God's purposes and the ordering of His circumstance of our circumstances, the Bible tells us is designed for the fulfilment of this purpose to conform His children into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the good for which all things work. The blessing that we seek is not immediate ease or our comfort, but our conformity to the image and likeness of the Saviour who brought us with his blood. The psalmist says,
0: and, uh, says in Psalm 17, As for me,
1: I will see your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied when I awake. In your likeness That is the believer's sure hope That's the promise That God has given And he'll make it sure But until then God will continue the process Of conforming You into the image Of his son And in the shaping of us Into that likeness Into the likeness of Christ It'll be like a sculptor cutting the image chiseling away and forming that image in us it is not painless or easy as it conforms us but this is how it has to be done there is no other way in which it can be done but notice that it is the hand of God our heavenly father who does the shaping the hymn writer Wrote these words, My times are in your hand. Why should I doubt or fear My father's hand will never cause His child a needless tear. Notice he did not say My father's hand will never cause His child a tear. No, he didn't say that. But he will never cause a needless tear. He will enable us to understand The experience of adverse circumstances, of pain, of trying providences, all these have a place in God's plan as he shapes his child. The writer of Hebrews in 12 and 5 wrote, Have you forgotten the exhortation which addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. The Lord disciplines him whom he loves and chastens every son whom he receives. He disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. Here, too, the good of which the writer of the Hebrews speaks is not equated with ease or comfort, but with sanctification, with conformity into the image. Of Christ, God's Son. I. Packer asks, how does God in grace prosecute this purpose of shaping us into the image of his Son? And here is what he says, not by shielding us from the assaults, assault, assault of the world, the flesh and the devil, nor by protecting us from burdensome and frustrating circumstances nor yet by shielding us from trouble created by our own temperament, but rather by exposing us to all these, so as to overwhelm us with a sense of our own inadequacy, and so to drive us to cling to him more closely. That's his purpose. So we cling to him the more, as he chisels away and shapes and moulds us into the image of his son. And as he does, and we come to see with what Jonathan Edwards wrote about his own experience, this is what he said, I had, have had a vastly greater sense of my own wickedness and the badness of my heart than ever I had before my conversion. It is affecting to think how ignorant I was of the bottomless, infinite depth of wickedness, pride, hypocrisy, and deceit left in my heart. As God shapes you that into the image of your son, you'll see the residue of these things which he has to clear out of our hearts and of our lives and it's only in the furnace that he can do that. (coughs) No wonder the child of God calls on the God of Israel Oh that you would bless me indeed for there's no other way to heaven for the child of God. He has to be shaped and prepared for it. Oh that you would bless me indeed he cries. We gladly fall then in line with his will. See the deep need to be shaped by him. And worship him. For his purpose of grace. He who has begun a good work will continue it. And he will never finish, complete it until he completes it finally. Before his throne where he takes every child of his. He prayed for God's blessing. And notice secondly, he prayed for God's enlargement. Enlarge my borders. There is a no in this petition as well. Oh that you would enlarge my borders. He was looking at his present circumstances and concluded maybe something like this. Surely I was destined for more than this. According to God's promise O oh Lord enlarge my borders Note the word my borders My territory This portion that's what he's talking about The portion which God has given me The place he has assigned to me Maybe part of God's assigned territory Had been lost or wrongfully taken from him or from his predecessors before him. His God-assigned territory was not put to the use that God intended it to have. It's my border, she said, what God has assigned to me to have and to use for his glory. So he prays, enlarge my border. Maybe God is moving you along this morning. He does not want you to be stuck where you are. And God is, in, is to entrust you with more territory. It will be an opportunity for you, by the grace of God, to touch individual lives. Such a petition as Jabez has had here, O oh, enlarge my territory, assumes that we are making good use of our present assignment there are people only you can reach where you live in your home in your work in your street to make Christ known to seek to win others for Christ there are many around us all with no thought of God on the broad road that leads to destruction and God wants you to be concerned for them. Maybe you have prayed. Oh extend my border. Oh Lord. Ex- extend the op- expand the opportunities. That I may touch. More lives for you. Maybe to take an area. Or a specific outreach. On your heart in prayer. Or maybe to give us. God has prospered you. Of your money. For the cause of God. Expand my border. So he prayed for God's enlargement. And thirdly, he prays for God's enabling. Oh, that your hand would be with me. It is not enough to ask God for enlargement without God's enabling. Jabez realized his limitations. He knew his need of God's enabling ...of divine strength and wisdom... ...all oh, that your hand may be with me. The hand in the Bible is the organ... ...of personal intervention in action. It's God moving things along. It's his hand. And the expression, the hand of God... ...is often used in the book of Ezra. For example, Ezra ascribes the king's favor... ...and his safe arrival in Jerusalem... To the hand of the of the Lord of the Lord his God which was upon him. The Lord Himself was with Ezra, implementing by his direct action whatever he will to serve and to do. Everything God calls us to do will be a failure unless we know his enabling. JC Ryle writing about this, our need of enabling speaks about different areas in life and then he comes on to preaching about our need of the aid of the Holy Spirit in every area but this is what he said about our need of the Spirit of God in preaching without whom the finest sermon the clearest teaching and the most diligent work are all in vain so it will be in every area of our lives unless this enabling of God we will get things done but nothing will be God glorifying or nothing will be beneficial that is eternally of benefit to ourselves or to others without this divine enabling no wonder Jabez prayed oh that your hand may be with me Paul learned this very well when he wrote in 2nd Corinthians and Christ, he said, said to me my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in weakness therefore most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities and here it is that the power of Christ may rest upon me. O Lord may your hand of power then Said Jabez, and surely is the cry of our hearts here this morning. Be upon us to make inroads where there is no place for Christ among young, middle-aged and old. And when the hand of God is with us, it will be clear, it will be obvious, that what will be done in us and by us will be all of God. That's what happened In the words of the psalmist, Psalm 126, when God brought back the captivity of Zion. Here is how the people of God were. We, he said, were like men that dreamed. We could hardly believe what God has done. But they didn't stop there. They said among the heathen. What did they say? These Jews did great things, not at all. The Lord has done great things for them, even acknowledged among the heathen when God is at work. No wonder then he prayed, May your hand be upon me. How much you and I need the same petition to the God of israel the hand to guide us for the way ahead with all that is unknown to us. There are many unseen difficulties, many hidden enemies, and we need that mighty hand to guide us. This is how the psalmist put it, them also in a way to walk that righteous he did guide, that they might to a city go wherein they might abide. The hand of God to guide, the hand of God also to protect us, Jesus promised, They shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my father's hand. He didn't say that none will try. But he did say that none will be able. But through fierce may be the conflict and fierce at time may be the foe. None will be able to pluck them from God's protecting hand. We constantly need God's enabling hand that hand that flung stars into space the hand that broke the bread and multiplied the loaves to feed the multitudes the hand that reached down to Peter as he was sinking below the waves and pulled them up oh may that mighty guiding protecting hand be with us Be with me, Jabez prayed. He prayed for God's enabling and finally he prayed for protection from evil. In relying on God and knowing God's enabling, he prays that he would be kept from evil. He would, if he was giving himself totally to the God of Israel, he would be the special target of Satan and of his demonic temptations. No wonder he prays, oh, that you would keep me from evil or from harm. In, you find in Second Chronicles, in chapter 31, we read of King Hezekiah. Here's what it says in the last verse of chapter 31. He did what was good and right and faithful before the Lord. And every work he undertook in the service of the house of the Lord, seeking the Lord, he did with all his heart. And then when you come into chapter 32, what do you find? Here are the words of the first verse of chapter 32. After these things and these acts of faithfulness. Now listen to this. uh, uh, Sennacherib king of Assyria came and invaded Judah and encamped against the fortified cities thinking to win them for himself. The minute he was giving himself totally to the cause of God, that's what it says. After these things and these acts of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of his came and invaded Judah and encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them for himself. The enemy was right there, immediately, after such faithfulness. So Jabez knew that he would be opposed by an enemy, who would seek to lure him away from God's way and from dependence on God alone. No wonder he prayed, keep me from evil, as the old translation has it, or this translation, keep me from harm. He prayed the evil of slackening off from full commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, the evil of self-dependence, depending on my own strength, ability or wisdom the evil spiritual pride when God blesses you prospers your work and then we seek to bring some glory to ourselves pride that blinds us to a dependence on God and that if anything has been done that is worthwhile and is of benefit to any it is all because of the enabling of God Did not Jesus teach us to pray? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jabez, no doubt, also prayed to be kept from the evil within his heart, so that by grace he would be enabled to mortify that sin. Spurgeon said that self is the worst enemy the Christian has. And so it is. Not only the evil within, but the evil around him, so that by grace he might resist it. Now Jabez knew that sin, his sin, would soil and separate and bring pain. Jabez prayed, oh, that you would keep me from evil. So, we read, that God granted him what he requested. God blessed him with his presence and nearness. God blessed him by enlarging his borders. And God blessed him by enabling hand to rest upon him. And God kept him from evil. He still answers that prayer. He's the God of Israel. Faithful to his word, that prayer hearing. And prayer answering God. And whatever said Jesus you ask. In my name that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything. In my name. I will do it. And your deepest need and mine. Today is that. This prayer. Would be ours as well. With a in it from the depths of her being. No wonder Jude finished his short letter because he knew of the enabling hand and the blessing of God and expanding his territory and keeping him now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you fortress before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Saviour, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. It's all of Him. He still answers these, that prayer. May our prayer then be Oh, that You would bless me indeed, that You would enlarge my territory, that Your hand would be upon me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Amen. The Lord bless unto us His word. Gracious and ever-blessed Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray that these might be our desires as well, from the depths of our being, to know you, to know you better, to be conformed by you, made like unto him whose name we profess, whose we are and who bought us at such a great price. For we are not our own. We are to glorify God in our body and in our spirits, which are God's. So help us, Lord, every day. May we be found looking unto Jesus and Jesus alone and drawing from his resources alone so that out of his fullness we all may receive grace upon grace, wave upon wave of his mercy and grace and enabling. So keep us to the river, run its water at our feet, and bear us safely over, made by grace for glory meet. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Our concluding praise is the Metrical Psalm number 84. Metrical Psalm number 84, four stanzas from verse 4. Blessed are they in thy house that dwell, they ever give thee praise. Blessed is the man whose strength thou art, in whose heart are thy ways. Turn to verse Mark 9. Lord God of hosts, my prayer here, O Jacob's God, give ear, seek. God, O shield, look on the face of thine anointed ear. Metricle Psalm number 84. Blessed are they in the house that dwell. they ever give thee praise. with you all now and forevermore.